Welcome, boys and girls and ladies and gentlemen and chickens. It is episode 103. Uh, huge shout out to all you who listen to 102. James let us know that it's the uh, highest listened to episode of the year so far. So that's pretty awesome. Um, speaking of James, how are you, my man? I am I'm good, man. I'm really, really good. I have uh, been uh, just murdering my body recently, trying to burn like 2,000 calories a day. Uh, but it's working out really well. I'm starting to see results. Uh, summer bod's coming in. Six pack is almost there. And I'm tanning really well. So here, here it is. One day you'll see it in person. Okay. Would you would you call this a like a hot girl summer type of moment? Oh, absolutely. I'm a yeah. big it's fan of hot girl of summers. Me too. Me too. Hot girl summer. That's me, James. Yeah. <laughs> yep. yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of hot girl summers, Trayden is probably still sweating in Hawaii. So he's not here. But who is here is our other hot girl summer man person, Ty Ty. Ty no. <laughs> no. <laughs> what up? How are you? Did you ask me how I did ask you a question? That was how awkward. are you? That was how super are you awkward. Doing? I'm chilling. I'm good. There's a lot going on, but we're chilling. We're breezing through it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, everything's good. Life's good. Um, yeah, hot girl summer. All about it. Let's go. Big, big fan of hot girl summer. Yeah. Hot James uh, summer. Now. Yeah. So speaking of hot girl summer, I wish Traden was here for this. But if you guys remember many moons ago, we did like a favorite and non-favorite desserts. This was like, oh yeah, episode 30 probably. And I remember saying out loud, I hate cheesecake. Traden had like an aneurysm, but I had like uh, four bites of a cheesecake the other day and I wanted everyone to know. It's very important. What do you think? Better? It was not terrible. Yeah. Uh, it's still probably something you know it doesn't help with the hot girl summer um so i'm probably not gonna eat it very often um but that's fine what but we're gonna get you have i think it was just like vanilla or plain or something just like new york new york style cheesecake <laughs> yeah, actually tyler is in, in our um not a sponsor hello fresh box oh it was, like, it was a those cheesecakes are actually pretty decent yeah i've had those before yeah pretty solid yeah. To be fair, I'd probably had one or two um, adult beverages, so that probably helped. Mm. Yeah. Better. Um, but speaking of hot girl summer, we're into June, um, which means we're we're just gonna go right into this. We're full into baseball, um, so we're just gonna we're just gonna start. Tyler, go ahead with your. Um, it's not really hot hot dams or oh dams right now, but always oh dams. It's always oh dams. But yeah. Um, yeah, we're getting, we're getting there. Uh, all-star break is right around the corner, which is pretty wild. We're, we're approaching the halfway point of the season here in a couple of weeks. Um, so that kind of, you start really to pay attention to the divisions and really kind of see where the standings are and kind of entering the second half and the dog days of summer, as, as, the, as I like to say, or on this podcast, we're gonna call it hot girl summer. Um, <laughs> uh we are looking at divisions and there's three of them right now that are that are really close the al central the nl central and the nl west um so we're just gonna, i'm gonna kind of go through it right now um and we're gonna predict right here and now on june 21st first day of summer actually uh who's gonna win it we're gonna we're gonna call it right now here on on, on june 21st so we're gonna start in the american league central uh a lot of teams that we did not suspect to be there uh the minnesota twins are still in first place at 38 and 30. Uh, they have a one game lead ahead of the Cleveland Guardians. Um, and kind of sneak in there, kind of still in the hunt are the Chicago White Sox. They are four and a half games out. Uh, they're still having a pretty, pretty rough season, but they're still in it. Um, but really between, you know, Minnesota, Cleveland, and I, and I will throw Chicago in there. I think that they're, they are still within that range of, there's definitely still in it. Uh, who's going to win this division? Let's call it right now. James, what do you got? Cleveland Guardians are going to win the division, dude. Justin Bieber's brother is doing phenomenal. Jose Ramirez is killing it. And they have the best run dif- differential like at, in the division. That tells you a lot about a team. So I think the Cleveland Guardians will actually keep it up and win this division. They've definitely played very, very good baseballs of late, uh, eight and two in their last 10. Uh, like you said, I, that was a team I picked was, I think this team could be sneaky good. I thought, I thought they were a sneaky wildcard team, but with the with how Chicago's done, they're they're definitely fighting for division. Uh, Alex, what do you think? I'm gonna stick with the Minnesota Twins. Um, there's the Twins do this thing. It feels like every other year 
they're weirdly good and you don't expect them to be that good. And then you're like, okay, the twins are good. And then they lose 105 games. So this is that back. <laughs> this is that year going back the other direction. Um, I think Rocco Baldelli is one of the like most underrated managers in MLB. So I think, um, you know, I think the twins, if they're buyers at the trade deadline, um, you know, and if Buxton and Correa can really like um, carry that team, I think they've got a good shot. I just, yeah, Cleveland and Chicago, they're just underwhelming me right now. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to go Minnesota, but I think this one's going to be pretty tight all the way through. Yeah. This is definitely the most surprising division so far. Like the teams that are in it, I don't think many people suspected to be in it. Um, but I'm, I'm going to be different. I'm going to say Chicago catches fire second half of the season and they're going to end up coming back and winning this division. Like I said, this team, I think, is just waiting to go off. I've been saying it all year. It hasn't happened yet, but I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm going to stick with it, uh, mainly because I picked this team to go to the World Series, and I, I can't have them miss the playoffs for, for, for that reason. It's not looking good. I'm not confident in that pick at all, but I, I do think Chicago has so much talent on that team. It's really hard to believe that they're just going to be this shitty for this long. But it could be it could just be one of those years. They, they, they may end up being the biggest disappointment in baseball this season. But four and a half back, uh, halfway through June, by no means are they out of it. Um, that that's definitely a, a good spot to be in. Minnesota, Cleveland, you know, like I said, I think they're they're surprising a lot of people. I think they're both going to be very good. I think this division is going to come down to the wire. Um, but I'm going to pick Chicago to come back and come from the depths and take that division crown. Uh, so moving over to the other central division in the National League, uh, the two teams that most of us suspected to be there, the the uh, Milwaukee Brewers, the Milwaukee Brewers, and the St. Louis Cardinals. The last couple of weeks, they've been kind of flip-flopping for, for first place. Currently entering today, June 21st, the uh, Milwaukee Brewers have a one-game lead ahead of the St. Louis Cardinals. So we suspected this, guys. Like, it was really this two-team race, and this is going to be a tough one. I think you could really make a case for either one. It's kind of a coin flip, in, in, in my opinion. But, um, Alex, who do you think takes the American League Central once all said and done? Or, sorry, the National League Central. Um, I'm going based off of right now. The big, you know, the big three-headed monster of Milwaukee in their pitching staff is now the one-headed monster of Corbin Burns. Brandon Woodruff, you know, went out with like an ankle injury, and now he's got like some disease that brings numbness to your fingers. There is treatment for it, which is good, and I've heard he's – but as, you know, Tyler, as you know, as a former pitcher, if you can't feel the tips of your fingers on the baseball, that's a big problem. Yeah. Um, and Freddie Peralta is out for a while, so – I'm going to go St. Louis here. Um, I think Goldschmidt is having, I mean, I don't, I'm not, don't think this he's having the best season of his career so far. He's an absolute monster. Um, and it'd be kind of fun for like Wayno and Yachty and Pujols to win the division together. And then, you know, a potential last year for all three of those guys. Um, I just think St. Louis is a more complete team right now. And, you know, Milwaukee's strength was their pitching and now those injury bugs are starting to kind of, kind of come up. So I'm going to go with the Cardinals. All right, Redbirds. James, do you agree or disagree? I disagree. I, I really like the bullpen that Milwaukee has a lot. I mean, led by Josh Hader. And for the most part, your, your starting pitching goes down. Bullpen is the next best thing. And especially in a long season, if you're making playoff push, the bullpen steps in a lot. And I love the bullpen. I love Josh Hader. They're doing great. So I have Milwaukee taking the division. They have some decent power on that team, too. They have a couple of guys who have double-digit home runs. And that's that's a Solid start, some power and a good bullpen. You're going somewhere. They did lose eight in a row. That's not good. But I'm. They figured it out since then. They've only lost two games since losing eight in a row. That tells you a lot about this team. They've gone through adversity and they fought their way out of it. And since then, they've been doing great. Granted, it was two weeks ago, but since then, they've been doing great. Yeah, the Brewers are one of those teams, man. Like the biggest strength coming in this season was their was their starting pitching, and it just hasn't really worked out for them. Minus uh, Corbin Burns, as, as Alex mentioned, they've had a lot of injuries, just a lot of a lot of pitching concerns. Other than other than the bullpen, as you mentioned, Josh Hader, he's always great. Devin Williams is fucking nasty. Um, they have a great bullpen. Uh, the offense is better than it has been in the past. Um, so I think they definitely got a better team overall. But I still like St. Louis winning this division. I, I, I liked him from, from the beginning. I, I picked them as my uh, NL Central champs. Um, I, like I said, I like the mix of veterans, Goldschmidt, Arenado, and, uh, you know, Pujols, uh, Molina with the, with the young talent that they have on this team. I think their lineup is fantastic. I think the pitching is only going to get better. They're, they're getting healthier. Um, so I like St. Louis a lot to win this division. So I'm going to go with the Redbirds as well for the NL Central. 
So last division here, that's a really tight one. As again, we all suspected to be, to, to be tight. The National League West. Uh, currently, June 21st, there's a tie for the top of the division between the Dodgers and the Padres. And the San Francisco Giants are right there at three and a half games out. Um, so again, we kind of all suspected this kind of no, no surprise, the teams that are in it, um, you know, Dodgers kind of been iffy lately, but so have the Padres giants kind of went through a little bit of a slump a couple weeks ago and they're, they're kind of starting to write the ship and, and come back a little bit. So they're certainly going to be there. Uh, it's, it's very fun. You know, we got this kind of tri robbery in California, uh, kind of just how we, how, how we all want it to go. So Dodgers, obviously the, the favorite coming in, but you, you, you can make a case for San Diego and San Francisco, the Giants shocked everyone last year to win the game, win, win the division last year. Uh, James, do the Giants repeat the surprise, or do we got a new uh, champion in the NLS when it's all said and done? Well, it's still going to be the favorite of the Dodgers. Even though they lost Mookie, they're still an extremely stacked lineup all the way through, one through nine. That pitching is great. Everything's great about the team. Uh, the Padres are right there, but the Padres just lost Manny Machado to an ankle injury, and he was pretty much single-handedly just bringing that team forward that Tatis. And Tatis got his return pushed back because he didn't heal as much as he should have. So now you're missing Machado and Tatis for an extended period of time. What are they going to lean on? Their pitching staff? I don't know about that. Some, some of their pitchers have been kind of suspects thus far, especially that guy from Tampa Bay. Uh, I forgot his name. Blake Snell. He's been awful recently, just bad. It's really hard to, to count on that team. Uh, the Giants, I said we're going to be better than the Padres but they haven't really shown it so far. It's, it's sometimes good, sometimes bad. It's just what the Giants are right now. It's, it's iffy. You can't really count on them. But you can always count on the Dodgers to put out a good product on the field. It's going to be the Dodgers. They win the division. All right. Alex, do you agree? If you had asked me this before, I think James nailed it pretty much. Like, if you had asked me this before the Manny Machado injury, like, I, I might have picked the Padres. Um, the Dodgers have – I would say, like, even as good as they've been, they've pretty much underperformed this year. Um, they haven't really been showing a lot of, like, a uh, killer mentality. Um, so I still think I'm going to go with the Dodgers. I think they're obviously – I think all three of those teams are going to be in the trade market coming up coming up with the, you know, the trade deadline. But the Machado injury, like, it's a high ankle sprain. I think they said, like, six weeks maybe. Um you know, so we're almost through June. So that's talking like late August, early September, maybe. That's a long time. That's a lot of push for your best player. James, you know, you nailed it with Tatis. Who knows what's going on with him? Um, you know, it's kind of been like the Joe Musgrove show and then a whole bunch of don't know. Um, the Bueller injury is brutal, but Urias, Kershaw, Gonsolin, Anderson, Dustin May is coming back. Like that's that's still pretty good. Um, Mookie shouldn't be out for all too long. I think it should be like just the 10 day IL. And I kind of feel like the giants are just going to be sitting there. Um, if they, if they can make a move, you know, they need some hitters, but I still think it's the Dodgers division to lose, but I'm, and I'm going to pick them. I'm going with my heart. I think the Dodgers will still, will still hold this out. Yeah. Unfortunately, I agree with all you guys. Uh, so this one's <laughs> kind of boring in terms of our, in terms of our disagreements, but I agree. I think the Dodgers, you know, they, they have, they've had their injuries, but they've, you know, they've, you know, they've gone through it just because of the depth. And I think, you know, the Padres do not have that luxury. Um, and the giants, I just think that, especially the pitching, they're just not the same team they were last year. They're definitely a postseason team, no doubt. Um, but I just don't think that they're going to have enough to beat the Dodgers when it's all said and done. I mean, look at the Dodgers. I mean, their two best pitchers who are a combined 16 and 0 with probably a sub two ERA, Tony Gonsolin and Tyler Anderson, who, who saw that coming? I mean, Tyler Anderson was two outs away from a no-no, but then James and Shohei Otani decided to ruin it for everybody, um, which is pretty <laughs> – Yeah, I did that. Yeah, 100%. Uh, pretty wild. Um, I mean, that just shows the kind of depth the Dodgers have. And like I said, they're getting help there that they got Kershaw back recently. Um, Heaney came back recently. So I think I think they're really starting to get a lot healthier on the, on the pitching side of things. Um, the, the lineup can, you know, uh, uh, afford to have Mookie down for a couple of weeks. Like, they'll, they'll be okay. Um, but yeah, I think when it's all said and done, the Dodgers just have too much talent. They're just too loaded to not win this division. Um, it was a shock to everyone last year. The fact that they won 106 games and didn't win the division is just, I still can't believe that actually happened, but here we are. Um, so yeah, so that's what we got for divisions. Uh, moving on to my next uh, ODEM moment. We got to talk about what Mike Trout did, guys, last weekend against the, the Seattle Mariners. It was kind of a funky five-game series up there in, in uh, Seattle. Uh, but Trout, Trout homered, he hit five home runs in that five-game series. And what was really crazy is that four of those five homers were go-ahead home runs. 
game-winning home runs. Uh, that's the first time that has ever happened in MLB history. Uh, Mike Trout continues to show that he's probably the greatest to ever do it. Um, and this just, so I just, for me, it brought up to an interesting question. We, we all know how great Mike Trout is. I can ask that question, but it's an easy answer. So we're not actually about talking about talking about Mike Trout. Let's talk about the Angels, okay? Like they've been, they got off to a great start. As we all know, they went to that shitty losing streak, fired their manager. They've seemed to kind of even out a little bit recently. They're still sitting out of a postseason spot, but I would not say they're out of it, you know, especially with that expanded playoffs. Um, you know, where do we see this Angels team come trade deadline? Do we see them as buyers? Do they wait it out another year? It, it's, you know, it's kind of an interesting, really intriguing team for me come, come trade deadline. You know, especially what what should they add? What should 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 they not add? Um, James, since you're our resident Angels fan of this podcast at the moment, I'm gonna start with you. Like, where do you see this team doing? Or do you think they're buyers or sellers come come uh, July 31st? Before I answer that question, I just want to add to the Trout thing. Uh, he hit five home runs over those those couple of games, and Seattle is ranked 29th in terms of power, like the ballpark of Seattle. It's really hard to hit power in the and on that uh, ballpark and he did that five times i think that's really cool to answer your question the angels have to be buyers the trade the line the reason being is they want to keep shohei shohei wants to play for a winning franchise and in order to keep him, you got to win they have to be buyers they have to show them that they're interested in winning long term now what do they need to buy the pitching has been all right what what sucks for them recently is an offense the bottom half of the lineup is just terrible you have like guys like tyler wade like matt duffy uh andrew velasquez who cannot hit to save their lives they're just terrible what they needed they need a shortstop that can hit andrew velasquez is great defensively don't get me wrong one of the best but he's hitting like under 150 right now terrible losing rendon for the season is also awful too you need offense on the bottom part of the lineup. They got to find that somewhere. Either bring him up from the minors, because I know Tyler Stefanik is doing really well, or bring up Joe Adele, who's kind of killing in the minors. Make a trade. Use one of those pieces if you're not going to bring him up to bring some depth and bring some offense to the bottom part of this lineup. That's what they need right now. Their pitching as of late has been decent. Bullpen's been great as of late as well. They just need offense from the bottom half. That's what they need to get. We would have thought the Angels would need to add offense at the trade deadline, but I mean, that's where we're at right now. Alex, what, what do you think about the Angels at the trade deadline? I'm going to call them fake buyers. So I think they're going to buy and get like some complimentary pieces, nothing too splish, you know, big splashes. Um, I mean, I've, I don't think they're better than any of the teams that are in front of them. Like I, what are they five out right now of that second? I mean, they're, they're done with the vision. They're not making up 10 plus games on the Astros. I think they're five, five and a half out, something like that out of the 4.5. Okay. Four and a half out of the wild card they are, spot. They are five games out right now. Never mind five. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a, like, it doesn't seem like a bunch. I mean, you're going to have to go on one of these Braves-esque runs and win 15 in a row or whatever they did to kind of like make that up. Um, yeah, Anthony Rendon, brutal signing uh, so far. Um, Angels are really good at giving people a lot of money for them to be not very good. Um, <laughs> or not even play at all. Yeah. Uh, so I think they're going to be fake buyers. I mean, if if you're an Angels fan, you know, I don't even know, like, go get somebody from, like, go get an Ian Happ from the Cubs or somebody off the Reds or, like, Go get an Andrew Benintendi out of the Royals or so, like go get somebody do something to like keep the fan base excited and keep Shohei and Mike Trout happy. But I don't know. You guys are just doing angels things and going to be like five games under 500 by the end of the season. And everyone's gonna be like, Oh God, the angels did the angels again. Yeah. I, it's crazy. I thought really, I, I was looking forward to it for a while and, it's not looking great, but like I said, it's a long season and we, we've seen teams just ride these crazy waves. Um, anything can happen with, with half a season left. I think they're definitely going to be buyers. Um, I think we've seen with, the, with their new GM, he seems pretty aggressive. I mean, I think the firing with Joe Madden, I think, proves that. I think he's willing to make those, those, big, those big moves if he, if, he, if, he, if he finds it and deems it necessary. And I think, I think James, you're right. I think the Angels have to win, you know, for – a for Trout, I think fans want that. And B, like Shohei, he, there's been rumors that he may want to sign somewhere else. You know, um, he necessarily isn't 100% happy there. And 
uh, they're the angels. So uh, there's nothing that cures all that stuff than winning. So I think they're going to be pretty big buyers at the trade deadline. Um, all right. So moving on to my final, final thing here, all-star time guys, all-star ballot. We're going to do our little TLDR all-star ballot. We're just going to kind of fill one out for, for the all-star game coming up in Los Angeles next month. Uh, they just released um, the first uh, uh, re- results of who's the leading vote, vote getters for each division uh, or for, for each p- position. I know for the American League, Aaron Judge leads all American League voters and Mookie Betts in the National League leads all National League voters. So but we're going to start out with both the American League and the National League outfielders. you got three positions in the outfield, three spots. Who are your all-star starters? James, who do you got for American League outfielders? I mean, the first two are very easy. It's going to be Aaron Judge and Mike Trout. The third one, and this is definitely my bias for the Angels, but still it makes sense. Taylor Ward. Reason being, he would have been top seven in OPS for the entire league and a top three outfielder in, in terms of OPS if he qualified. He did not qualify, unfortunately, because he's only played like 47 games out of the potential like 70, right? Because he's had injuries. But in those 47 games, he's been very effective and very good. And nobody saw this coming. Who was Taylor Ward before this season? Nobody. So I re- I'm really proud of what he's done, and he's done a great job doing it. That's why he's my third outfielder. Nice. I think I think it's going to be interesting to see what everyone else picks, but I think most of our top two for each are all going to be the same. I think it's that third one that might be different. So let's see what – Alex, what do you got for your American League outfielders? Yeah, okay. So it's obviously um, Aaron Judge and Mike Trout. Like, we're done with that. I'm going to go with um, your uh, AL Central winners – the Minnesota twins, obviously, uh, and Byron Buxton, because he's just been a monster. He's one of the best players in baseball. Um, and he's been, you know, when he's been on the field, he's been incredible. It's always just been those injuries. Um, so I'm going to go Byron Buxton, uh, with that third spot, but I really thought about Taylor Ward. Also, I was debating between the two of them. Um, but I'm going to go Buxton. Nice. Uh, I also have the same first two Aaron judge, Mike Trout easy, (laughs) but I do have a different third one. So this is good. This is fun. Uh, my third guy <laughs> is going to be George Springer uh, from the, from the uh, Toronto Blue Jays. You know, George Springer and I, we've had our complicated relationship, obviously him being a former Houston Astro and stuff, uh, you know, and absolutely kicking ass against the Dodgers in the 2017 World Series. You know, so he's not my favorite guy, but I got to give him credit for what he's done this year. And I think he's really helped that Toronto Blue Jays uh, team be as competitive as they are in a division with the freaking New York Yankees. It's absolutely insane. Uh, but he can do it all. He's, he's got a great bat. He's one of the greatest leadoff batters ever, ever to do it. He's got a great glove. Uh, so, so, so I like George Springer there as that third outfielder. All right. So let's flip over to the national league side. Again, I feel like we'll, we're all going to have the same top two, but we'll see. And that third one's going to be interesting. So Alex, what do you got for your uh, national league outfielders? Yeah. Uh, going back to the angels thing real quick. Cause as we're watching, uh, as we're doing this, the Dodgers are playing, go get Mike Moustakis third baseman. Moose. Go play same, pretty much the same colors. There you go. Okay. Uh, yeah. Obviously, Mookie Betts um, and then Ronald Acuna Jr. because they're incredible. And then he's not really having that great of an all-star season. It's just the fact that his team sucks balls, but he is the best player, and it's Juan Soto. He probably deserves to be – if he was on, like, a different team, his numbers would be incredible – but he has to try to do as much as he physically can, you know, to help his team win because the rest of them are pretty garbage. Sorry, nationals. Um, but he is incredible. So I'm going to go Juan Soto. Um, you know, he plays every day. He's a good right fielder. He's, his little shuffle thing annoyed me when he first came up, but now I kind of think it's funny. So I'm going to go Juan Soto. All right. I like <laughs> it. James, what do you got? Mookie and Ronald, one and two, obviously. Number three, Starling Marte from the New York Mets. He's been huge on my fantasy team. Like, huge. He's been helping me win a bunch. And uh, he has this really great time in the hitting that really sparks this Mets team. He's doing great. Like, I love this guy. He's good. All right. Uh, same thing in the National League in America. We got the same top two, Betts and Acuna. Uh, my third one's going to be Bryce Harper. Uh, again, some guy that I don't really like picking, but, you know, you got to give him credit for what he's done. I think with the crazy season that's been in, in, in Philadelphia, he's been one of the more consistent guys and he's having another great all-star year. I um, mean, we look at the numbers. They're just, they're just flat out. Great. Um, how many, I, hey, Tyler, real fast. How many games did he actually play in the outfield? That's why I didn't pick me also. I mean, that, that's a good point. I mean, they're, they're, that's, that's the weird thing too, is like, you know, how, you know, there's been the, the, the DH in the, in the national league. Um, 
you know, I think probably looking at the numbers in terms of actual games played, that's actually a good point. I didn't consider that one. Um, that that might, you know, overrule overrules one of those players. Um, but I also I almost also picked Juan Soto, Alex. Um, just like I said, I think he's just just star quality. You you kind of want that guy to be out there. Um, but I did go Bryce Harper, outfielder. Maybe by default, you could probably say yeah, DH uh, would probably be his better position. But that's what I picked. Uh, but yeah, I like that we all do a little different picks other than the top two. So that, that, may, that makes it fun. Uh, we'll see where all the votes land when it's all said and done. Uh, go ahead and vote. You can vote as many times as you want, guys. Um, next week, we'll do infield for each league, and then we'll go from there. So that's all I got for baseball this week. Uh, thanks, guys. Thank you, Ty Ty. Um, yeah, always great. Um, obviously, the um, you know divisions that I picked, those are, those are who's going to win. These guys are idiots. <laughs> uh, we're gonna take we're gonna take a quick break and then um we're going back to football so uh stick with us okay as we've already discussed on the podcast it is hot girl summer which Woo! means football is on its way back there are training camps going on as we speak. Um, you know, some of them are, um, what is the word I'm looking for, James? You have to go to them. Some of them, you don't have to go to them. Whatever. Wired, doesn't matter. Mandatory and not Maybe. mandatory. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> j- just take it away. I give up. <laughs> Fantasy football, ladies and gentlemen, it's been a while because Alex has been gone and I've been doing basketball. And also because football hasn't been on. But we're back. We're going to start off nice and easy. And we're just going to talk about people you would draft and people you would not draft. So I asked the guys to pick one or two players who have an ADP in the first five rounds. So average draft position in the first five rounds that you would not draft, that would be considered a bust. And also one or two players and who have an ADP after round 10 that you would draft, and that's considered a sleeper. So what do you guys want to start with? Bust or sleepers? Bust. Bust. You want to go with bust? All right, bust first. Tyler, who bust you got? Move. All right. That was bad. <laughs> yeah, Brian, uh, that's, that's what I'm all about. Okay. Uh, so the way I did this, it was a little tricky for me. I don't know if you guys ran the same problem, like trying to find the ADP without like clicking each individual guy. So <laughs> I found average draft position, meaning like their overall pick. So yes. you, you said That's rounds, is, buddy. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but so you said, take, you take the number and you multiply it by 10 or 12, right? Okay. I did 10. <laughs> okay. You I did 10 team league. Okay. okay. So that, okay. That's what, so I'm doing a t- 10 team league. Uh, that's more important for my for my sleeper pick because it's like right on the border. So I just wanted to put that out there. I, I did 10. Okay. Got it. Okay. So, uh, but for the for the bus who I'm not going to pick in the in the first five rounds, my, my number one guy, Christian McCaffrey. Now this guy oh. has a ton of upside. He can potentially be the number one fantasy point getter in the league. But the problem is he just has so much, he's so injury prone. And if a guy's not playing, he's not giving you any points. And I, you know, so for me, Christian McCaffrey, lately he hasn't really stayed healthy. Um, so for me, it's nothing against this talent. He's got world-class talent. He definitely could potentially be great. But unfortunately in this league, especially with running backs, it's hard. You have to really get lucky with a guy that's going to stay healthy. Um, and I don't necessarily trust Christian McCaffrey to stay healthy. So, he's so my guy I'm not touching. Tyler, if, if you're pick number nine, and everybody else is, is gone, and Christian McCaffrey sitting right there, you would pass him up pick number nine. Well, I mean, that would completely depend on the board. I mean, what is is there a wide receiver that's available? That's uh, that I'm Devontae Adams is gone. Like Justin Jefferson is gone. Mean, there's, there's gotta All be, the big receivers are gone. I mean, there, there's eight picks in front of me. There's got to be someone that's left that's probably – I'm going to trust to be my my like top fantasy guy that's not Christian McCaffrey. There's There's, there's got to be somebody there. Okay. Well, as Alex. the Christian McCaffrey owner in our fantasy football league with keepers, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm keeping him. So <laughs> in our well, league, he's not even available. So I don't a, have to worry about complete, it. Re, in a complete redraft league, that's pretty brutal. Yeah. Um, what? Wow. That's yeah. huge. Don't I can it. understand. I can understand not picking him 1 1. That I can get. 1 9. You, you probably got to take him there. Um, okay. I have. Am, I'm, am I going on my, my busticles now? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, wow. What? Yeah. All the bust puns today. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, I oh. have – so I have two in for different reasons. So Pick one I, and then I'll go again. Technically three. Oh, wow. So with, oh, hold on, hold on. So with the issues of potential contract situations – 
We don't know what's going on with them. They, if they play, I would say pick them where they are, but we don't know. So James, close your ears. Cause these are like your guys, Debo and Terry McLaurin. We don't know what's going on with their contract situations. One of them has very publicly requested a trade. One of them has very publicly said, I'm not showing up. If they get their contract situated, all good. Just be, I'm just saying I'm a little wary of them because we've run into like the Le'Veon Bell thing a couple years back. Somebody, I can't remember who it was in our league, but they picked him like number three overall and then he didn't play all season. So just be careful. Mike Brown. That was Mike Brown. (laughs) (laughs) Just be careful. My actual bust um, is actually also on the Guardians or uh, Commanders. All these name changes, can't keep tracking them. Uh, So it's Antonio Gibson is who I'm going to be shading away from. And that's mostly because I think J.D. McKissick is going to end up taking a lot of reps from him. Um, And, you know, if you're picking Antonio Gibson as your like number one or even number two RB, you want big numbers out of him. And I'm not sure he's going to be playing every down. I think J.D. McKissick is going to take a lot away from him. So I'm going to shy away from Antonio Gibson. I like that. Uh, I actually agree with you. The Debo Samuel pick, his ADP right now is 13 overall, which is a great ADP. But he and he also finished as the third best wide receiver last year. But like you said, who knows if he's going to play? And if he does play, it's either going to be for a different team with a lot of unknowns. Like their quarterback could be terrible. He could play for the Texans. I don't know. Or if he stays with the Niners, he's publicly said that he doesn't want the same workload. And that workload is what gave him that great finish. He doesn't want to be used as a running back anymore. Eight of his touchdowns came rushing. That's more than he did receiving. So it's tough to just give away those eight touchdowns and still expect him to be a viable fantasy contributor at 13. So I would not draft Debo Samuel. That being said, he's on my keeper list and I'm keeping him. I don't know. (laughs) It just kind of happens that way. (laughs) Tyler, do you have another bust? I did. And this one, I might get some shade for this one too, but I'm going to go with Tyreek Hill as the guy that I'm not going to pick. Switching teams, going from the Chiefs, who had a fantastic offense, a great quarterback, going over to Miami. Definitely not on the same level as the Chiefs. So it's going to be interesting to see how much his production is going to drop being on a team that's definitely not as offensively efficient as the Kansas City Chiefs were. Um, obviously, he's going to be the number one guy right away. I mean, he was the number one guy in, in, in or maybe the number two if you uh, if Kelsey's in there at number one. So, um, but definitely a much younger, much more inexperienced overall team in there in Miami. I'm not sure if he's going to post the same kind of stellar numbers as he used to in Miami as he, as he did with, with Kansas City. So I'd be a little wary on, on Ty, Tyreek Hill. Uh, for this season in particular, just going to a new team and a system that I don't really trust to be able to give him the most fantasy points, especially not at the same rate that, it, that, that, that he used to. Does it bother you at all that Tyreek Hill has come out so that two is more accurate than Patrick Mahomes? I mean, in practice, sure. Let's put him out there in a game and see what happens. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I think it's, it's easy to see it early, but put him under pressure. I think Mahomes is certainly proven. I like that. Tyreek Hill was always like a big boomer bus guy, kind of like he would have these games where he had, you know, two touchdowns and 230 yards, and then he'd have like five for 60. Yeah. It's like wide receivers as a whole. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of like it. I can like new system. I get it. Do you have another bust? Alex? Me? No, I said mine back to back kind of. So. Okay. For my last bust, I have Josh Jacobs running back for the Las Vegas Raiders. ADP is 42. He finished as a running back 12 last year. And it, this, this isn't like a to say that Josh Jacobs sucks because he's very good. But all signs are pointing to the Raiders not utilizing him as much. Number one, they declined his fifth-year option. Number two, Kenyon Drake should be healthy. And they drafted a running back, a rookie running back in the fourth round in Zamir Wright, whose nickname is Zeus. So he's, he's got to be good. So Josh Jacobs isn't going to get that kind of workload. And the fact that they just signed Devontae Adams, who is the college roommate and college teammate of Derek Carr, means the passing game is going to be way higher than it was last year. And that just, that sucks. Tyler, I see you counting on your fingers, man. That's hilarious. Um, <laughs> but Josh Jacobs, don't draft him at 42. Don't draft him at all, if you can. Moving on to sleepers, the better part of the episode here, or this segment. Alex, who is your first sleeper? Well, you just said his name, Derek Carr. Ah. Uh, he's right on that bridge. So I was really hope, I'm really hoping, Tyler, that's not who you talked about. Um, I've, as I've mentioned on this podcast many times before, I'm a guy that always waits on quarterbacks. I'm not going to be the first one to pick a quarterback off the board. I mean, just like you said, literally just re- repeat what I, like James just said. 
Devontae Adams, college roommate, Darren Waller. We don't like the running back situations weird. I'm expecting them to throw a lot. Devontae Adams is still one of the best receivers in this league. Um, they already seem to have a pretty good connection. So if you're trying to like get a discount quarterback and you're not willing to, you know, go Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen in round four or five or whatever it may be, Derek Carr's ADP is like 103 or something right now. So um, which would be outside the top 10 in a 10 team league. <laughs> that's how I had to do the math to make it work. So <laughs> Derek Carr. Solid. Todd, what do you got? I got Robert Woods. Uh, oh. his, his ADP was 101. So again, right on that cusp. Um, going to Tennessee, you know, uh, playing, you know, we remember um, Robert Woods certainly with the Rams was a, was a great wide receiver. Uh, he, he got, he was probably their number one guy before Cooper cup, you know, it, it exploded last year. He was hurt all last year, you know, and he was a really great wide receiver with Jared Goff as quarterback. Now he's going to, to have uh, Tannehill as a quarterback, much better quarterback. Uh, so I feel like Robert Woods is going to contribute pretty well. Um, I see him being a, being a much better value than at 101. Um, I think he could be a sneaky, really good flex option there at um, that late. See, I don't, I don't even think it was the quarterback situation. It was the scheme. The scheme that the Rams him have is much better for pass catchers than the scheme that the Titans have for pass catchers. It's a run first offense with Derrick Henry. You're gonna like not anymore. A, a, okay. So AJ Brown had big had big fantasy years. So you know. Yeah, AJ Brown's a different receiver than Robert Woods. That is true. AJ Brown's a like a human specimen. like he's massive. Robert Woods is a smaller route runner, so it's different. Uh I don't like that pick. I was not picked. I was still not pick Robert Woods. I'm shying away from that big time. But I am for my sleeper picking another wide receiver, Russell Gage out of for the Tampa Bay Bucks. He just signed there this offseason. His ADP is 120. So he's on the cusp if you're on a 12 team league. He finished his wide receiver 38, which is not good. But remember, he was on the Falcons team that was just shitty, just bad. He was personally recruited by TB12. So, you know, that's a good thing. Gronk retired today. AB is gone. Chris Godwin's going to be out with an ACL tear. Who knows when he's going to be back and if he's going to be 100%. So, therefore, you got Mike Evans. And now you have Russell Gage. So, that's what the targets are going to go to. And you know the offense can be more pass-heavy now that uh, Bruce Aarons is stepping up, leaving all the play-calling duties to, to Byron Leftwich, who loves to pass the ball because he was a quarterback. Passing's going to go up. Russell Gage is going to get a lot of targets. And at 120, that's a steal. Uh, Alex, you have another sleeper? I do. I have one more. Uh, and his name is Rashad Penny. He's uh, going at like also 102, 103. Chris Carson, no idea what's going on with that guy. The Seahawks are not going to be very good, but that they could run the ball a lot because do you really want Drew Locke passing it a whole bunch? No. So I'm going – If I mean, I'm saying more of like he could be a flex option, late, kind of a later round running back that could get you some some big uh, big points. You know, we kind of had like a almost like a little mini breakout last year. Kind of seems like he could be their RB1 this year. So if you're looking for like a sleeper, kind of late flex, maybe like RB2, RB3, depending on how your league works out, am I kind of in on Rashad Penny? I hated it, but then I loved it. The whole, the whole point about Drew Locke not wanting him to throw, I like that. That's, that, that's true because he sucks. <laughs> Tyler. I got uh, Hunter Henry as my sleeper pick. Um, a guy down there, you know, t- tight end. He's obviously not one of the, you know, bigger name tight ends, but he, he finished 10th in tight end rankings last year. Um, I, I, I like him in, the, in, in that Patriots team. I think he's a big red zone target there. Um, I think this guy's solid. I mean, I think, I think if you haven't gone big on tight ends early, you know, coming, coming down there, he, he is your every week starter if, um, if he stays healthy and will get you pretty solid points. Um, I don't know what he averaged um, point-wise last year, but um, I know he, he had, uh, I think it was nine touchdowns last year. Um, I mean, that, that's pretty solid numbers for, uh, you know, a, I would say, you know, a pretty, uh, pretty solid tight end there in, uh, new, in Hunter Henry. So uh, I, I think late, I think that's a great pickup. I actually agree, Tyler. Good job. New England is going to trust Mac Jones a lot more this year after his rookie season, which means he can throw more. And Hunter Henry is a damn good tight end. I love that pick. My last sleeper, Alan Lazard, wide receiver, Green Bay Packers. His ADP is 128. He finished as wide receiver 47 last year, given the fact that he's had a lot of injuries and he had Devontae Adams on his team. Well, now Devontae Adams is gone. That was a lot of targets. Where are they going to go? Probably Alan Lazard. 
you can't go wrong when you have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. And if you know anything about Aaron Rodgers, he doesn't care about talent. He cares if he trusts you. And as of right now, Alan Lazard is the most – he's been on the team the longest as of, for any wide receiver. So that should be a lot of trust right there. And he's come out and said multiple times that he likes his work ethic. Read between the lines if you want. I think Alan, Alan Lazard is going to be the wide receiver one for the Green Bay Packers. And having Aaron Rodgers as quarterback, that's a big deal. Alex, that is my fantasy football segment, my first one of this offseason. Hope you guys enjoyed yeah, James, that was fantastic. Uh, obviously, just don't start Alan Lazard week one because Sammy Watkins is on the Packers, and we all know what Sammy Watkins does in week ones. That's all I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> James, that was fantastic. Thank you so much. Um, that was like the first fantasy football thing I've even thought about in a really long time, so that was super fun. Uh, we're going to take another quick break, and then we'll do my kind of like final basketball segment for a while probably, uh, so we'll be right back. Welcome back and congratulations to Kylie's Golden State Warriors. They won and six. Fuck trading. They're Kylie's Warriors. <laughs> uh, the Golden State Warriors won in six. Um, I think Traden was the only one to predict them to even win, if I'm remembering correctly. But he's not here, so who gives a shit? Um, so, yeah, after we talked about, you know, who was going to win game five in such a pivotal moment, um, Golden State obviously won game five. And then went into Boston uh, and pretty much came out to an early lead. They kind of faltered a little bit and then closed it out. So the Warriors have now won uh, four in the last eight, I believe is what it is. So, uh, James, just your reactions on the Warriors win, um, the whole dynasty versus non-dynasty kind of talk that's been going on. What do you what do you think about that? I mean, I think I was being too opportunistic saying that the Celtics were going to win. Because the Celtics were kind of like the new toy on the block, right? And they were novel. They were like, wow, this team is actually going to be good for the first time in a long time, as opposed to seeing the Warriors just absolutely dominate year after year after year. And it was something new, so I was more excited for that. But whenever that happens, you kind of forget that a team that's been tested, a team that has a veteran presence, a team that has multiple superstars who've been there, done that, and have great team chemistry, often come out on top. And it may it may seem boring. Yeah, I mean, it totally is to say that the Warriors won again. Woohoo! Their dynasty. It is what it is. When you have Steph Curry on your team, you have a dynasty. When you have people like Clay, even Draymond, who is trash. Oh my God. The dude talked the most shit for averaging six points a game. Stop it. Just stop it. You're no. Bro, come on, man. You did more harm. Your team gave up two wins because you were played. If you did not play, it would have been a sweep. The, those losses are on you. Draymond, shut up. Everybody else on the team, I applaud you. Um, it, it is a dynasty. You can't say anything else. They've won so much. They're so successful. And they, I don't think they're going to stop anytime soon. That's the beauty of the way Steph Curry plays. He's not explosive. He's quick, nimble, goes through screens and shoots threes. That He can he can last until 43. He can pull Reggie Miller, Ray Allen. They can last a very long time. He's going to be there for a long period of time. And as long as he's there, it's going to be a Warriors dynasty. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I was thinking, I was kind of thinking more with Mike. I just didn't want the Warriors to win again. It kind of like, ooh, shiny new toy in the Celtics. Uh, so, yeah, I was a little more optimistic on the Celtics than I obviously should have been. Um, Tyler, kind of same question. Thoughts on the Warriors win? Um, thoughts on maybe Steph's legacy now? Um, you know, I know Clay and Draymond also have four, but, like, this is Steph's team. So, thoughts on that? Yeah, first of all, I mean, James, I love you bringing out your inner Stephen A. Smith there with the Draymond Green. <laughs> Stop it! Stop yeah. it! <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's incredible. I think, Alex, I agree with you. I think for me, I was kind of like in Warriors denial that they're kind of back to their full force, you know, the kind of the Empire Strikes Back kind of deal. Like, they really just came out and they just look, they look incredible, and I think they're going to be incredible next year, too. Um and uh, yeah, they just, they, they dominated really. Um, it, it was, it was crazy. I mean, you, you add, you know, uh, they, they, they always seem to kind of have that fourth guy, you know, uh, Andrew Wiggins kind of, kind of this year for them. And um, you know, Jordan Poole, I mean, this kid's coming out of nowhere and, and it, it, we just add pieces to that, you know, the, that big, that big three in green Curry and Thompson. And I would say not even a hundred percent Clay Thompson this year. I mean, they're, they're just incredible. And as far as Steph Curry goes, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's going to go down as one of the greatest to ever do it. Um, he just keeps adding, you know, 
I think in the NBA, people always talk about championships and how important that is for, for legacy um, more so than even just stats. But I think, I think he's probably, you know, for, for guys that have won multiple championships, we talk about the greatest of the great, you know, the, you know, the Kobe's, the Jordan's, the LeBron's Curry might be the best, just like statistical efficient player of maybe all those guys. I mean, maybe other than uh, Jordan, but um, I mean, he's just incredible. I mean, I, and I think he does it in a way that no other one, no, nobody else has. I mean, we, we, we mentioned it so many times how much he's changed the game. Um, I think he's, he, he, he's a one in a generation, once in a lifetime kind of talent. Um, and I think he can, just continues to add to it. I mean, he, he could retire tomorrow and go down as that, but I don't think he's done yet. I think he's got probably two, maybe even three more championships uh, left in the bag. Okay. So now that you just said all that about Steph, would you put him this kind of on the spot? So would you put him in your top 10 all time? I would say, yeah, top 10 for sure. I think already he's definitely entered that conversation. Hmm. I'd say he's, I think he's in the conversation. I'd have to really think about it. I was seeing people saying that Steph's better than Kobe. And like, that is not true. Steph, I love you. You can't play defense. Kobe was obviously known for his scoring, but he was an elite defender in his day. Um, so yeah, sorry. Kobe is way better than Steph. Like as an overall basketball player, obviously Steph was, a, is, a, is, and will always be a much better shooter, but, um, okay. So we, we focused on the Warriors. Yay. They won, whatever, uh, moving on. So Tyler, we'll go, we'll go back right back to you. What's, what's next for the Celtics. They, their core is still pretty intact, you know, um, their stars Tatum and Brown are young. This was their first, you know, NBA finals, um Al Horford's kind of getting up there Marcus Smart is you know aging um so what do you think's next for the Celtics uh you know moving forward yeah they definitely got to add depth but I mean I think I think their future is bright I mean you saw this team earlier in the season they just looked like they were heading toward a bad direction um and they and they turn it around and I think I think that's really the testament to kind of the culture in, in 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 that locker room and they really bonded together and they put on a great run um, I, I honestly thought that they were going to win this, uh, this championship. Um, I thought they, they looked great going into it, but I, I agree. I think their core is, is, is fantastic. I think you keep your core, you build around it. They just need to add, I think, I think bench depth really hurt them in, in, in the series. I just think inconsistency, but I think that just comes with lack of experience. I mean, you're, you're playing a worse team that's been there so many times. I think, you know, some, sometimes, you know, smart, you know, Tatum didn't have a great, uh, that last game wasn't his, his, his uh, best, uh, shooting performance. That's going to happen with players that are young and, and kind of been on the spotlight for the first time. Um, so I think they're going to learn from it. I think they're going to be stronger. I think they're going to be, I, I think they're going to be a top three Eastern conference team for several years here. Um, and I think they've got a legitimate shot to win a title. I think for the next few years. Yeah. I like that. I mean, yeah. Other than, you know, kind of Al, Al Horford, who's I think 36 or 37, like most of those guys are pretty young. So um yeah, I like that. James, kind of same question, just like what's next for the Celtics? Um, you know, where do you kind of see them moving forward? There's a very beautiful thing inside failure. Like failure could be the worst thing in the world if you don't learn from it, or failure can be the world's best teacher if you do learn from it. And I think that's what's happening with the Celtics team. They're young. It's very rare to have a team go to the finals the first time and win it for any sport. They learn a lot in that first loss, that first time on the big big stage when all eyes are on you. Jason Tatum didn't play terrible, but he also didn't play his best. I'm excited to see what he's learned next season. Him, Jalen Brown gave it his all too. They're very smart, technical, athletic basketball players. They will learn so much and bring that with them to the next season. I'm excited to see what happens with Rob, Robert Williams. Big Rob was amazing. He was playing hurt. He's going to get surgery this summer, hopefully strengthen his knee and come back 10 times better. That is a scary sight because he dominated. If he was just 80% healthy, this, would, this might be a different series because there is nobody that could stop him. Keeping those three, Rob Williams, uh, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown is a good thing. They're going to have him for a very long time. Marcus Smart is going to play out another couple of years and eventually he's going to slow down. And that's a tough thing about guards who rely on physicality and defensive prowess. They can't keep that up forever. When he's gone... They're going to have to find somebody else like a Gary Payton-esque defender or even like that one guy on the Timberwolves, Pat Bev. They need, they need a dude who's annoying. Every team has it. Every team has their version of Ron Artest. For the Warriors, it was uh, Draymond, annoying as hell. But every team needs it. 
they got to find somebody like that. But the future for this team is bright. Just keep that core intact. Uh, I don't even tell us that they need to add depth. I don't know if they do. Like maybe they got to replace Al Horford. Yeah. But just that experience of going through it all. That's huge. This team is young and can learn a lot and they can fight through it. Just, I think learning through learning, learning from that loss and replacing Al Horford because Al Horford is not going to be there forever. That's all they need. You'll see him in the finals again. Yeah. I mean, depth is never a bad thing for sure. Um, and getting an actual true number three star also never a bad thing in the NBA. So um, I have no idea. This is Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what their cap space situation is. So I don't even know if that's possible. Um, but there are a lot of question marks with a lot of the other big boys in the East right now anyway. So the Celtics definitely look like they're primed to go on a, you know, a nice little five-year run here where they're, where they're one of the, one of the, um, you know, championship contenders out of the Eastern conference. So kind of speaking of that, we're going to go into way too early 2022, 2023 predictions. You guys can do whatever you want. In my mind, I was kind of thinking just like, pick an Eastern conference winner and a Western conference winner. And then when it happens next year, we can see how completely wrong we were. Um, Cause I'm pretty sure I picked Lakers Hawks to make the finals this year. So like, <laughs> woo, did not go well for me. Um, and, or just, you know, or just predictions on bigger names that could get moved, whatever you guys want to do. I don't really give a crap. Uh, Tyler, let's start with you. Just thoughts on the upcoming season predictions, that sort of stuff. Yeah, I got Orlando Magic over the Houston Rockets in the final. Nailed it. Uh, it's going to be great. No, but uh, yeah, looking in the future, I, I think the most intriguing team for me kind of going to this year is the uh, Clippers, actually. I think having Kawhi back and, you know, it's a team that for so long, it seems like they're, they just, they're, they're begging for a championship. They're begging to, to make that final. It's going to be tough to beat the Warriors. I think the Warriors are back as, as, as the premier team in, in the NBA. I think they're going to be the favorites, odds on favorites to win it again next year, no doubt. Um, but I think the Clippers to me are the most intriguing team to watch um, just, just with getting Kawhi back alone. Um, I think the Milwaukee Bucks are going to come back. Um, I, I, I think for me, they're going to be my favorite to come out of the East. Um, I would love a Atsuta Kembo and Curry uh, final. I think that'd be great. Um, so I think, yeah, I think that for me, kind of that, that's what I'm looking forward to. In terms of my own team, the Lakers, I have zero confidence they're going to do anything right. Um, so it's going to be another long year for them. Um, but yeah, I think for me, kind of looking at the NBA, that's kind of what I'm looking at. James made a face. You're known to do that. Oh, <laughs> I ahead. mean, he said he, Tyler, I mean, this doesn't answer the question, but Tyler said he wanted to see the match with Steph Curry versus Giannis. And that isn't that exciting because is Giannis going to be guarding Steph Curry? Is Steph Curry going to be guarding Giannis? Not to be guarding one another. It's just, it's, but just it's too... more fun when it's like that. Yeah. And I mean, I, I hear you but i mean i think it's just you know i would say the two best players in the nba meeting in each other final leading their teams to try and win it that's what i'm going for are not they the two best players not there should, not, i said i would say so top two yeah Giannis and curry i say yeah debatable uh, but to actually answer your question alex in the west i'm excited for two teams that is the memphis grizzlies and the uh dallas Mavericks. I almost said Cowboys. The <laughs> Dallas Mavericks. Uh, I just the Grizzlies are a young team. John Morant's killing it. Desmond Bain's killing it. Kyle Anderson's slow as shit, but he somehow kills it. Steven Adams is rebounding. That's a complete team. I'm sad to see that they lost to the eventual champions, which just makes it a little bit better. Uh, but the amount of shit talking between John Morant, who's 22 years old, talking like a 22 year old, and the Golden State Warriors, who are much older and much more mature, is hilarious to me. The fact that Draymond is engaging in that type of shit is funny. Like, bro, you're like 35 years old picking up against a 22-year-old, bro. Come on now. He's better at your basketball. Get over it. It is what it is. Memphis Grizzlies will be good. And I love the fact that Christian Wood got traded to the Dallas Mavericks. Now the Dallas Mavericks finally have a one-two punch. Christian Wood didn't look that good in Houston because he was in Houston. He was the only guy in Houston. I... Christian was a superstar. I've said it from day one. I love this guy. Double-double every single night, and it's not even a low double-double. He's going to be averaging 19 and, like, 17. This dude's crazy. Luka's going to play way better because now you got a big man. Better than Porzingis. Porzingis was not good when he went to the Mavericks. So I expect one of those two to make it out of the West. And that could be me being opportunistic once again because of a shiny new toy. But that's what I'm saying. Either Grizzlies or the Mavericks make it out of the West. On the East, I still got the Celtics. I got a lot of faith in this team. They're going to learn a lot. The Celtics will 
hopefully take the number one seed once again and roll with it. Yeah, I mean, on your guys' Western Conference, I think those are all super intriguing teams to watch. Um, the Clippers were one that they just feel like they need to at least, like, make a, a finals appearance. <laughs> like, just get to one. Um, you know, who knows what Kawhi is at this point in his career. That's a pretty devastating injury, obviously. Um, yeah, definitely shiny new toys in Memphis and Dallas. Um, I don't know. Houston's got Boban now. They could make a run. We'll see. Uh, I still think the Suns are, will be a factor depending on kind of what happens with them and DeAndre Ayton. Um, you know, obviously they had a pretty crazy off season and then it kind of fell apart in the, in the playoffs. Um, I think out of the East, you know, I'm, I like Milwaukee, you know, if they're healthy, that might be a different story or Miami, you know, Kyle Lowry was like barely walking into those, into those games. I don't know what they're going to do with Duncan Robinson and that crazy contract, but Miami's still a pretty complete team. So, um, and there's a lot of question marks in the East. Nobody knows what the James Harden, Joel Embiid situation, how that's going to work. Kyrie could be going to the Clippers, could be going to the Lakers, could be going to the Knicks, you know, and with my Lakers, who fucking knows? So uh, if I'm going to like shot in the dark, I'm going to go, I'm going to go heat Mavs. Why not? Let's just do something different. <laughs> um and then, so just a, one more little funny story. I'm sure you have, you guys have seen this, but if you have not, uh, fake Clay. So his real name is Dawson, Dawson Gurley. Uh, he popped up like a couple years ago when the real Clay Thompson was rocking the goatee. And he kind of looks like, no offense, Dawson Gurley, just like a slightly chunkier Clay Thompson. <laughs> not that this guy's chunky at all. It's just Clay is an all, you know, all talent, you know, professional athlete. Um, and so during, I believe it was before game five or one of the games in uh, San Francisco for whatever he's like, Clay, he's still rocking the, um, he's still rocking the goatee, which Clay does not rock anymore. Clay's got like a full beard going on. And Dawson like walks in through the player's entrance, just kind of says, what's up. He's like wearing a Warriors like warm up hoodie, goes past security, goes all the way into the chase center and like start shooting around and it's like buddy is videotaping him the whole time and they're just like dude no fucking way like we could walk into the locker room right now and they like shoot around for a little bit eventually a security guard comes over kicks them out um, and then he gets banned from the chase center but i don't know it's a funny story i don't know what do you guys think about what do you guys think about this i, I thought it was hilarious i hope you guys watched the video but he, he walked in and was draining threes like he looked like he was an nba player and then he went and missed a layup. He airballed yeah. a layup. <laughs> That's what gave him away. If he didn't do that, I think it would have been fine. But the fact that he airballed the layup and the security guard's like, what the fuck? Who airballs a layup as an NBA player? Then he got fined. I, I honestly think that, like, it's not his fault. It's really the security guards. He didn't, he didn't say anything. He literally just walked in there, put his stuff in, and then just they let him walk through. It's not like he was saying, I'm Clay Thompson, let me in. They just let him in. And to the fact that he gets penalized, banned from Chase Center and all other Chase Center arenas uh, for the rest of his life is kind of crazy to me when it's really on your security people. Fix your security people. I, I mean, I get maybe a suspension for a short period of time, but for the rest of his life, that's a, that's a little much. And the fact that he did lose $10,000 worth of tickets also sucks. He didn't even get to go to the game. That, that's tough. Chase Center be better. Figure, figure out security. Free clay, free fake clay, I should say. Free him. Let him come back. Ty. Yeah, I, I agree with everything James said. I think the whole situation is just really funny. I mean, it, it really is. I think, I mean, good on that guy. I mean, hopefully it was worth it, uh, being able to shoot and drain some threes on on on, on the floor at the, the Chase Center. But yeah, I mean, obviously a huge oversight there by the security. I mean, those places should be locked down, especially during this time of the year. Like, what are you doing? Like, it's not like it's it was, you know, middle of August or something when nothing's happening, you know, it's, it's during the period of the NBA finals. And it's just crazy. The fact that he was able to do that. Um, so I, I hope that whatever security mess up was, that was handled on their end too. It's probably not getting any media coverage, but I'm not saying anyone should get fired over, but hopefully they, you know, probably, you know, say, Hey, like what the fuck. And that's tighten, tighten things up a little bit. I think fake clay got the short end of the stick. I don't think it should have been a lifetime ban. 
Um, so it's unfortunate for him. So maybe they'll change their mind on it. I don't think any of these things are necessarily written in stone. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, just overall, just a pretty amusing story. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like, you know, hopefully they just do like another training with the security guards or something and he'll just have to go to away games. He'll be fine. Like <laughs> uh, go to Sacramento. It's just, it's just a funny story, especially cause he like became kind of popular like five years ago. And then obviously like just snuck in. So um, good on you, bro. I would try to do it. Same thing, but I don't really want to lose $10,000 worth of tickets. So um, yeah. Anyway, that kind of wraps up my basketball segment. Um, we'll probably do some more like when, and if something crazy happens with trades or, you know, free agent signings. Uh, but that actually also wraps up the episode. I believe trading should be back next week um, unless he gets eaten by a sea turtle or something. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Thanks guys for listening. Um, you know, let us know if you guys want us to talk about anything else. You know, hockey will also be ending pretty soon here. We'll probably do a little wrap up with trade next week on that. Uh, but thanks for listening and uh, have a good week.